Execute episode 66. May the force. Force the force. 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 The force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. And as always, I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? Pretty good. We are both delirious on this Friday evening. It has been quite the crazy week, but we hope all of you had a safe 4th of July if you were celebrating. Uh, we just stayed inside all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> played video games. We finished and Stranger Things. Watched Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. Like, yeah, we, we grilled some normally... steaks. <laughs> yeah, we grilled some steaks. Oh yeah, it was great. I don't, I don't think I changed out of pajamas the entire day, which mm-hmm. never happens. Mm-hmm. I did, because then we had your brother come over, and yeah. that wouldn't have been appropriate, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I stayed in pajamas all day, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I did. You know, I don't normally have days where I just wear pajamas, so it's it's nice every now and then just to have, like, a lazy day of just, you know, going to sit down, play some video games, and watch a TV show. Um, yeah. I I work like a crazy amount of hours for Mm -hmm. the day job as well as podcasting and video production work. So like not doing anything is so uh, strange to me and it's nice. Yeah. It's definitely a special moment when you get Sage home. Yeah. Staying in his PJs all day. Uh It's a good day. Yeah. And I slept in too. Like it was, it was crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had just gotten back from Comic-Con. Right. I woke up at 5 to go work out. I got back home at 7.30, and then I I slept until like 11. Mm -hmm. And by that time, Sydney was up, was able to be super productive, because that's usually what happens is I want to be lazy, and Sydney's (laughs) like, it's time to clean everything and organize everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, So she got that out of her Mm -hmm. system. I was able to be lazy all day. It was great. It was the perfect... The perfect lazy day. It was. (laughs) (laughs) But in this episode, we're going to be talking about a couple really interesting topics today. E3 2023, which is a lot harder to say than I originally intended that sentence to uh, start off with. (laughs) But it's going to be live and in person, and it's going to be uh, taken over by an interesting company. We're going to talk about that first, and then we're going to jump in and talk about Kathleen Kennedy and storytelling influenced by video games. So, let's jump right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. First off, uh, there is news. Who would have thought we'd be getting this news? So E3 hasn't been really a thing. It's been like dwindling in terms of people uh, going to it. A lot of other game companies have been doing their own things around the same time. So it's kind of like E3 week. Not necessarily Mm E3, because you've got, like, usually E3, you have all of these big companies go to E3, they show off their things, they have presentations at each of the booths at certain times, but more frequently, I think probably inspired by Nintendo, because Nintendo is usually there, but they never have their showcase at E3. Mm. Usually they have, like, a Nintendo Direct, and that's where they do all the things. And PlayStation, I think last year wasn't even there. Xbox was, but then they also do their own things throughout the year. So, like, it's this really strange situation. People were concerned that it wasn't going to happen at all. 
Um, but it is going to come 2023 next year. And it's getting taken over by the same company uh, that Star Wars Celebration is ran by, as well as PAX. So you've got this super, uh, super competent events company that's taking over. Star Wars Celebration is a huge success, and PAX is a huge success. And I think with this new focus, we could be seeing some really interesting stuff with, with E3 this year. Hmm. What kind of focus do you think they'll take? I think they're going to double down on more of the experience of it all Mm. and bring something special that they didn't or weren't able to before. Because that's what it ultimately needs is it needs a way to stand out from it needs to stand out on its own versus just being a place for trailers to be shown Mm -hmm. and to have these experiences for people at the con, not there, as well as press. Because I think a couple of years ago when they had it, they basically just had a free-for-all. Everyone could be everywhere. Um, you could pay to be in there. Like, it was it was very big, very messy. Yeah. Press wasn't able to get the stuff that they needed there. Uh, the, the broad audience of, of things uh, was everywhere. So they didn't, like, necessarily get to experience the whole thing. Uh, so it was a very interesting time frame. I know a lot of, like... There were a few um, press press people that were really salty about the general public being uh, mm. <laughs> there, mm. but I think I think it's it's good. I think they need to have a focus on like, oh hey, we're gonna have a press day, maybe the day before it opens. We're gonna have all of our conversations, and then we're gonna open it up to have more of like a almost like a Comic Con or a Pax eight or a Pax experience. Yeah, that's interesting because I've never thought of E three as an actual event mm-hmm. weirdly oh, enough it is yeah and but, but i think it's we, because we always watch it at yeah, home we just yeah so it's it's i wonder if COVID also probably killed a lot of the interest in actually going to these events sort of thing oh yeah and, yeah and you see with like events too everyone's like what's going to, to happen here we've been doing a lot of events for the company i work for and we went to Comic-Con over the past uh, weekend, which was super fun. Sydney and her sister set up a booth and we were there to support her with that. Uh, super fun. There were a lot of awesome uh, Star Wars cosplays. We went to see The Hobbits live. So we got the full experience. I walked like mm-hmm. 25 miles during that, that weekend. Yeah. Just <laughs> like there was, it was huge. It was like, I think. I think they were reporting, at least from the couple people I talked to, they had like 150,000 to like 200,000 people there. Oh like, my gosh. It was massive. It would not surprise me though. Saturday was <gasps> insane. It was like, madness. We couldn't, I couldn't move in the, like there were certain sections where you could buy things like um, figures. They had a, a few Lego minifig sections. Like you just could not walk anywhere. <laughs> like that whole half was done like and then a whole artist section. Uh, we got to see uh, Ashley Eckstein from afar. Got to say hi to some friends on Twitter. Like there were there were some really fun experiences there, and where I got to take some. I was on a mission. Okay, we get there, and the, the, it was a Saturday, I think it was. We saw our first Cal Kestis. Mm-hmm. From that moment, yep. I was like, I need to take pictures with every Cal Kestis <laughs> I can find. I found two. Yep, there were not many. There were not many. There was one on Saturday, and then there were two on Sunday that I could find. And I was I I jumped into the I jumped in the wave of people, and I was like, 
okay, I'm going to I'm going to like have to rush through, be super vigilant. I need to find Cal Kestis. And I found two. Nice. And these are the pictures of them. It was super awesome. Uh, the the one gender bent Cal Kestis did a fantastic job. And she had a super awesome BD replication mm-hmm. or thing that she made herself. Like, I, I can't tell if it was no. like a, a replica. Quality was great. Mm-hmm. Like, Incredible. It was awesome. I got to hold it. I got to hold the BD <laughs> one. It was awesome. Um, so that was really cool. But we got to see it because we were there as exhibitors. We got to see it kind of like the behind the scenes setup functioning everything for this massive conference so it's definitely this uh really good appreciation for that kind of stuff now mm-hmm. do you think that's what they're going to try and bring to this e3 event or is it more of like just encouraging their i don't want to call them vendors per se because they're so much bigger than that yeah. like these companies to just be like no we want to make this a really big thing please i'm not sure i think <laughs> they're you bring that kind of energy to something that's dying you know Mm -hmm. like how do you make it how do you spark that again yeah i think it's there is a decision that has to be made of do we make this a presentation event for the fans or Mm -hmm. the vendors Mm -hmm. even though i think there's i think there's hesitation with the vendors because of um because of the hesitance around them doing their own shows Brian Altano, friend of the podcast, uh, he actually follows us on Twitter. It's pretty cool. Very, very proud of that follow. Love, love the guy. Uh, uh, like all the things, uh, he says. I love this. Lower the cost of admission for fans. Have an early day dedicated for press and pack the halls with pay- playable game kiosks and merch booths. And this could be a really great event for everyone. PAX and Star Wars Celebration are a blast, so this is in good hands. I'm in. So I think they want to replicate that, but specifically for video games. Because like PAX, you have... It's, it's like all gaming. Anything like super nerdy. You've got tabletop gaming, card gaming. You've got trading card. You've got like ROMs. You've got uh, the board games, the pen and paper games, video games, like everything. Land parties, competitions. Like it covers the whole gambit. But I think this one has a really interesting opportunity and a unique ability to be so focused on video gaming. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this on a Star Wars podcast? Yeah, good question. Well, now that we have the tie-in with Star Wars Celebration and E3, this could be the time that we see a lot of Star Wars games get announced. We have Star Wars Celebration, so I could see the story aspect Mm -hmm. of these video games that we are expecting. The uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2, or Jedi Survivor, there we go. Uh, Jedi Survivor, we could even see like the Ubisoft game, we could see uh, a couple of the others that they've announced. I don't think we're necessarily going to see anything from Respawn mm-hmm. other than um, other than Jedi Survivor. But I think they have uh, a, a good strategy where they could announce the story trailer at Star Wars Celebration. And then they have the gameplay details mm. at E3. Yeah, that would be smooth. I think that would be really good. It'd mm-hmm. be a perfect way to kick off the excitement. It would give us a, us fans tons to work with. It'd be around the summertime. You have a lot of that discussion that could be happening around. Um, I think it would be a good decision to say, hey, Star Wars Celebration, we got the story. 
And then at E3, we've got the gameplay. Yeah. That's what they did with uh, Fallen Order the first time. And I think they did that with um, Battlefront 2 in a way. The other thing that's very interesting is the games that we're most likely going to see first. We've got Jedi Survivor, obviously, which is EA. The other one that we could see something maybe, but they haven't actually talked about at all since they've delayed it many other times and expanded it to basically everywhere but US, UK, and all of like the the bigger countries is Star Wars Hunters. Mm-hmm. I could see some more Star Wars Hunters being shown at E3. Um, those are like the big ones. I don't necessarily think of anything else except maybe the Ubisoft game. I think in terms of Star Wars, that's that's all we're going to get. Yeah. Because 2023 is the last year of the exclusivity contract and license that Disney had with EA. So this is going to be the last one where EA can really control the message around their Star Wars games. Obviously, we know that other companies are um, producing Star Wars games, but I think that they may be waiting to really promote them until after this year. That would make sense. Right. Just don't get in Disney's bad side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, I mean, they had a contract oh. of uh, a license agreement of exclusivity for 10 years starting in 2013. But there, we, we, know, we don't know the actual specifics of it, of what that, um, what that really entailed for Disney and EA. So there could be uh, something in there that allowed them to actually work with other developers, hmm. but it had to be a certain amount of time or it had to be a, a certain amount of money that would allow that. So I think it's it's very interesting, and um, I think it's going to be... We're going to get a little bit this year or next year, but the big stuff will be late 2023 to 2024, where we're going to be seeing all of the juicy details on all of the Star Wars games that they've announced. It's exciting. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Now let's take a little bit of a break, and we'll hop back in and talk about Star Wars and video games. And how the video games are actually inspiring the stories of the shows and the movies. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Kathleen Kennedy in an interview. We totally missed this. I don't. I don't know how either, because that's like right up our alley of like the pairing of storytelling with mm-hmm. video games and the Star Wars movies and the shows, like. That's yes. peak Star Wars uplink content uh-huh. right there. Like, yeah. That's the epitome of what we talk about each week. <laughs> um, Kathleen Kennedy hopped on an interview, and uh, this is a post from Empire. They did an interview uh, speaking to Empire. Uh, Kennedy spoke about the influence of video game narratives on the current slate of Star Wars stories. Quote, it's funny. The more I've got to know how games are written and that kind of persistent storytelling that goes on in a game environment where you're just constantly building upon a single story, that's much closer to what Star Wars is, she explained. Uh, There's intention around bringing in elements from games because there's a huge investment by people in Star Wars along the way. We have fun identifying who carries forward and what we reference and the history. You always want to feel that there's a history behind everything that's happening in Star Wars. So there's a lot of conversation that goes on around that. And I think this opens up the floodgates of rumors and hopes and dreams around having video game characters head to the small or big screen. Mm -hmm. Which, again, 
they've been drawing so m- I th- I think I don't know if it's just hope or just complete foolishness but like what I perceive here is that they are laying the foundation and the teases to have an ultimate payoff of like I mean, we have the Inquisitors in Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a BD One unit in Book of Boba Fett. Uh-huh. They're they're putting in a lot of pieces from Fallen Order, and I think we could see some tie-ins, especially with the interview that Ewan did with like mentioning that. Oh yeah, I could totally see Obi Wan in something that's not like a TV show. Hint, hint. Video games, basically, is what he said. <laughs> I think. I think we could see some of that stuff. And I think as we get as we get more like um, concrete and more of that foundation is built around the video game pipeline and what they want to actually offer and what does a Star Wars video game even look like, it seems like they're going more of the single player side of things, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that clo- cross collaboration of we're going to set up this thing in this TV show. It's going to have a payoff in the video game. And then we're going to have a video game character hop in and continue this story on a TV show that may even pay off in a spinoff movie. Like, Yeah. That'd be really cool. Right? It's like a whole other like level of what they do with the, the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the next step. Yeah. Where we just we integrate totally different experiences mm-hmm. with the same characters that we all know and love yeah i think that's where star wars could really um really have a unique edge over something like mcu and i think what has messed up star wars a lot especially with the sequel trilogy is they try to be marvel way too soon Mm -hmm. it's what dc did it seems like that's what they did is they tried to do all of these things and then they realized star wars doesn't really work that way yeah you can't have three star wars movies in a year no. They tried to do that with The Force Awakens and then uh, shortly after, no, it was um, episode eight and then they had Solo like six months after. Yeah. They tried it. It did not work. Solo did not perform as well as they needed it to. And ultimately that series almost um, just kind of failed. And um, I think they realized that, oh, hey. Star Wars is one of those things where the first movies, like 1977, and then like mid, what was it, 83? Yeah, something. I think 83 was when uh, you got The Empire Strikes Back, if I remember correctly. And then, was it 85? Like you had yeah, 1977 to 83. Uh, no, 1980, so three years. Mm. And then you had 1983 for... Um, Return of the Jedi. So I like three years between movies. It was that was like the normal. It wasn't this continuous thing that we got very consistently. It was a a big moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the movies need to be. And then you can have the smaller movements in the video games and the TV shows. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see them really mesh them all together? If it doesn't corrupt the storytelling of the video games, yes. Because I think the video games are much stronger on the storytelling aspect than the shows are. So as long as it is a good migration of, oh, hey, these pieces that they do so well in the TV show, 
or in the in the video games like Fallen Order, they should totally be trying to pull information and ideas from that in terms of telling stories on on Disney Plus or even yeah. in the movies because it's so well done. They should totally be doing that. They should not be pulling from the TV shows for the video games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that's what's that's the slippery slope yeah. that we could be getting into, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. What about you? What what were, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, like you, I yeah, I could see it getting a little slippery. Um, it's it's difficult to say because we've never really seen it done, or at least not done well. Because mm-hmm. um, even Marvel hasn't done anything with the video games yeah. carrying over into the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely. I mean, they are already hinting at things. I just, I would be okay with it being a slow build. Yeah. I think it's got to be. I think that's yeah. why we're we're seeing it teased, mm-hmm. and we are we're seeing pieces of it. We're not seeing like the whole story. I could see the um, the movie and TV show people getting on the bandwagon a lot faster than mm-hmm. the gaming side of things yeah. would be like. No, this is our story. This is our baby kind of thing. Like, yeah. please don't touch it. Like, I could see yeah. that a lot sooner than the kind of the other way around. So, I think there's a lot of contention, at least what I've noticed, between like video gaming and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like, there is this almost like, oh, I'm better than thou, but also I really want what you guys got from like the filmmaking industry of like, yeah. oh yeah, we're film, we're prestigious, and blah blah blah. But then you've got like video games, which are so much bigger than film. And they almost like the film industry almost wants to be what video games are because mm-hmm. there is that scale and that interaction that movies don't really have. Like movies yeah. you go and see, you maybe see once or twice, three times, maybe if it's a movie that you really want to see or you just wait until it gets on Netflix or Disney Plus mm-hmm. or HBO Max and then you watch it there. Like, But video games, you pay this premier price tag, like 60 bucks. Or 70 bucks if you buy a PlayStation 5 game. Um, <laughs> you spend 40 to 80, 100 plus hours on this thing. They have your attention. They're able to tell much more rich, unique stories. You can create your own stories with this platform that they've given you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of, um, there's tons of benefits to that. But I think there's also like, there's a joy and uh, a very unique feeling almost of like a, a nostalgic need of watching something play out over tv shows or movies and like i think too with how like you can tell stories in these bite-sized chunks and ultimately like you're not gonna sit down and watch a six-hour movie but you totally binge well not on disney plus you would totally watch each week and have a six-hour movie played out on a tv screen right yeah, you can kind of see yeah, their their thinking behind. It's like, hey, we're kind of like video games, right? Yeah, we can we can make you watch this a little longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Rise of Skywalker was basically a series of fetch quests in a video game. That's true. Sadly, yeah, it didn't work very well. Mm, it's like, no. oh, hey, we're gonna stumble on. We need this one thing. Oh, go to this one place to find it. Oh, hey, that piece isn't here. Go over here and get this other piece. Well, oh, hey. This other piece is over there. Oh, crap. We fell in the sandpit. Oh, perfect. We fell in the sandpit. That's exactly what we needed. 
It's like yeah. there's all of these things that are basically like a really bad video game story. Like it's like the story itself isn't the fetch quests. And I think if you're trying to replicate the story of like video games, it's less so of these quests of like, oh, hey, get this thing. It's like in Skyrim. There's so many. There's much more than just, oh, hey, get this thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's go on this journey. Let's fight this thing. Yep. You just want to walk around? Okay, you just walk around. Mm-hmm. Catch chickens. <laughs> yep. uh, kill chickens and then have the whole town come back at mm-hmm. you. There's just there's always so many more experiences to be had mm-hmm. in a video game that yeah. is completely not what you'd want to just watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on a maybe. TV screen. You could. I mean, video game is like video game is a huge thing on YouTube, so that's kind of a thing too. I guess. different yeah very very different and usually there's the person actually playing the game that the character even like really fueling what's going on there's motivation because you're watching someone that you enjoy Mm -hmm. make those those decisions so they almost become a character in the game yeah exactly yeah yeah so it's that's not it's not an easy line to go from movie to tv to video game like it's <laughs> those, they're very different mm. each and every one of them are very different yeah. so i'm and each of them have strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm, for sure you're not going to tell a two-hour story in a 60-hour game like no. that's not going to work if yeah. you want if you have a story that doesn't have the legs put it in a tv or put it in a movie if it has a little bit more meat to it put it in a tv show if you really want to get those juicy details and have like this availability for someone to put themselves into the character and uh, have them explore their own. Like we both of you and I could play Fallen Order and we play it very different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I played it on the stream, I played it very differently than when I played it for the first time because mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get this done in a <laughs> single stream. I'm not going to just let it like go on for a couple weeks like I did um, when I first played through it. Yeah. So I, I, there's different experiences that you can have with a video with a video game than you can with um, movies or TV shows. I, so I think that's like ultimate takeaways. They need to have a clear understanding of this is where it shines in each medium. Mm-hmm. And how can we use those things to incorporate into to make everything else shine mm-hmm. i'm a little hesitant about all of that yeah. though because lately of all the stories that we've been seeing mm-hmm. hasn't quite been hitting my very high bar of storytelling so yeah. especially like considering when you have like these executives like oh yeah video games we like my grandchildren love them they play them on my ipad all the time i give them my phone they play it it's like video games they're so cool when ultimately they're like man video games money we need Mm -hmm. to have video games it needs to be the thing but they're like they they look at it like ea looks at it and they're like money statistics spreadsheets this is what everyone says this is what the numbers say okay well it doesn't really work for this i don't care if it works for this game put it in there Mm. like there's a lot of these differences of these higher up execs who may not have any experience with video games at all and they're like nope we need to have video games it's it's like um I'm going to draw a comparison from from my experiences in like video production. It's like 
when a business owner or a client comes to me and they're like, oh, hey, we need video. Okay, what kind of video do you want? I don't know. Well, let's have a conversation and figure out what is the best video for your company. Let's sit down and understand what the ultimate goal that you want to have this. Like, you're not just going to put up a video and ultimately get tons of sales. Like, you have to have like a either a series of videos. You have to have a clear motivation of like, I'm going to make this video to promote this product and to make this product appealing. We're going to have this campaign. We're going to really push it this way. Oh, hey, I really want more. Um, uh, women or male clients for my body care brand well it's going to be very different marketing for each of these different uh demographics that you want so like i think there's a lot of misunderstanding when these um I mean, that's basically what happened with George Lucas and the cancellation of 1313. Mm -hmm. He came in, didn't know what video games were. He kind of knew what they were, but didn't know how they functioned. Or uh, like you can't quickly make a decision to pivot the entire story or focus of a game like you can a movie. Yeah, it's a little scary. I'm just afraid that they're not going to be having these hard conversations that they need to in order to. Yeah really make things mesh and flow and and Disney has like been half butting all of their video game investment until very recently. Mm. All of the Disney video games historically have been basically crap shovelware to just put them out there for kids to play for 5 seconds and then put down not really moving anything forward technically or really moving things forward until you get stuff like I mean, the Sony Spider-Man game, as well as uh, the Wolverine game that's going to be coming out from that same studio. Mm -hmm. Like, they're doing more stuff like that. But most of even the Marvel stuff has just been very lackluster. I mean, the Marvel's Avengers game was kind of meh. And a couple other of the games that they had were just did not perform or were not received very well because it came from a place of like, oh, hey, we should have video games. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, what does that look like? I don't know. Just throw a bunch of characters in there. People buy it. Yeah. And then they bought it, and then the player base on this multiplayer game is just non-existent now. It's kind of like how they're doing their MTV shows and movies now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan, we need a show. Okay, just here throw we a bunch go. of characters in there, and you know what? I think we're going to make it about someone else that's not about the title. You know what? Let's just do that. How about that? Let's just go. Yeah, so there's going to be... I think we're going to see moments like that, but ultimately, especially if it's something like Respawn, Respawn will stand for what they want. Uh, Lucasfilm wanted them to have a game based off of bounty hunters and they're like no we're making a game all uh, with lightsabers and Jedi we can either make that or we won't make it like we are a company that can do other things we have Apex Legends like we we're not struggling for cash we made like four billion dollars off of this game that was the entire price of Lucasfilm <laughs> Put that into perspective. Like they made, wow. Like, yeah, I think they've on Apex Legends they've made close to like two point five to three billion dollars, and Disney bought Lucasfilm for four. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. So yeah, they have won the financial resiliency to say no, Disney, we don't need your money, and we want to tell a good story. Which is why they've been given three Star Wars games to make. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a reason for it. Yeah. So I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see some really unique and cool things with the Star Wars license in video games. Not so sure on the TV shows or the movies yet. Yeah. I think there's opportunity there. 
They just haven't shown uh, the ability to take advantage of that opportunity yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to it. E3, I think we could see some cool stuff. I think we're going to start seeing the ramp up of Star Wars content. Mm. Obviously, we've started seeing it with the TV shows, but I think 2023 and 2024 are going to be huge years for Star Wars video game content. And I think we're going to see more announcements next year. And I think we're going to see more uh, trailers and like we're start going to start seeing the games. Uh, obviously, we're going to see Fallen or Jedi Survivor next year. But I think we're going to see like maybe even a secret shooter that I've heard rumors about for a while. Ooh. Maybe that comes out twenty late 2023, early 20, no, not early 2023, but like maybe even 2024, like. Yeah. I think there's there's space for it obviously. People are hungering for good games and I think there is opportunity for Star Wars to really do something awesome there. So, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be a good couple of years coming up. Yeah, definitely. Stay tuned. Uh and to close this episode out, make sure you are subscribed for free wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out a ton. Leaving a review also is super appreciative. We appreciate that greatly. If you leave us a review, helps us out a ton. Honestly, like if you haven't left us a review and you have like two minutes to spare, we would really appreciate it. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify is a great way to do it as well. And even if you're not on either of those platforms, make a free account. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, leave a review you can leave a review on itunes on the windows machine that's where i do most of the stuff and like uh for podcasts to give them an extra boost on like friends shows it's like you just launched let's let's give you some love i've i've hopped on i'm not i'm not gonna deny it i hopped on on my account as well as (laughs) installing it on the windows machine just so i could do it uh give them some extra support (laughs) yeah awesome um super appreciative of that if you would like to watch us on video youtube.com you can watch us star wars uplink not star wars uplink shorts but if you want uh one minute lore videos every day that's the place to go star wars uplink shorts and hey sydney what you have a podcast right i do actually it's crazy huh what do you know yeah that's you you can you can add podcaster to your to your list of things hey wow yeah, so Sydney and her sister do a fan graphic novel on Avatar The Last Airbender. And we have all launched a podcast on that mm-hmm. on Uplink Media Group. You guys are uh, doing it episode by episode every two weeks of the show, as well as detailing your thoughts and looking through a little bit of a, a was it, um, Zutara angle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Avatar, Strife and Harmony, the avatar episode by episode podcast or something along those something lines along look those up lines. avatar strife yeah. and harmony and you'll be able to find it yeah. wherever you find podcasts so yeah and hey if you list, uh if you like battlefield we also have the battlefield show so you can go check that out as well we're expanding we've we got are. three podcasts oh my gosh yeah sweet it's pretty cool yeah I, it's awesome it's cool too cool to like produce a podcast that i'm not on that i can listen to mm-hmm. like that's cool yeah that's yeah nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to listen to your own voice all the time now yeah i can edit you guys' voice <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, super appreciate all of your support. And if you do have a topic you'd love us to cover on the podcast, contact at uplinkpodcast.com or at uplinkpodcast or at Star Wars Uplink on Twitter or Instagram as well. So definitely go check that out. And as always, thanks for listening. May the Force be with you. <laughs>